Hello, this is Jim Hoffman from EMS Solutions, and I want to welcome you once again to another audio session of Authorized Transmissions. And today we have with us Vince Robbins from Monarch, and uh, we're going to discuss the um, some key points in the EMS uh, New Jersey study. Um, let me see if I got Vince here on the line with us, and we'll get started. Vince, are you with us? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Great, great. I, I want to thank you for joining us first of all. You're quite welcome. Um, what I do want to do is give you an opportunity before we get started into the actual uh, questions uh, as far as the EMS study goes. Just kind of give us a little, maybe give, give a little background on yourself for the listeners and give them an idea of, of who you are, what you've been doing in EMS. Sure, sure. I've been involved in uh, EMS for over 35 years, <clears throat> all of it uh, here in New Jersey. I started out, as many of us did, as a volunteer EMT uh, on a local squad and uh, worked up through the ranks and and into different careers. I attained my certification as a paramedic uh, in the late 1970s. Uh, I was one of the first paramedics in the second class in New Jersey. Actually, I was the 54th paramedic. That was my certification number. Uh, worked for uh, several different groups, hospital-based MICUs. In those days in New Jersey, uh, we were in pilot programs testing the concept, so we had fire department-based. I also worked at Hackensack Fire Department as a civilian paramedic. Uh, several hospitals, as I mentioned, uh, in those days also volunteer first aid squads could operate paramedic units. <clears throat> so I operated as a paramedic on my local first aid squad. Uh, eventually went in uh, to uh, state government, worked in the Office of Emergency Medical Services in the state of New Jersey. Uh, did that for several years, primarily in education, developing new programs. Uh, went on to work for hospitals in various capacities, uh, hospital administration and so forth. And then since 1990, I've been here at Monarch as the president and CEO, operating a uh, multi-level ambulance transport as well as EMS operation. We operate uh, the largest ambulance service, the largest EMS, the largest uh, paramedic operation. We have uh, medevac service now. Uh, so we're rather large, about 700 uh, staff, 550 clinicians, operate about 18 paramedic units. Uh, we have a medevac unit, as I mentioned, uh, provide 911 direct to several towns and back up several other towns. And we have a very large uh, medical transport, including specialty care transport service uh, for our uh, member hospitals. We're a nonprofit, uh, member-owned uh, corporation. And that brings us to today. Well, it sounds really great. It's like you've been doing this for, for quite a while, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I uh, approached you on doing this interview. Um, coming across the report that uh, the, the study that New Jersey did on, on the state of EMS in New Jersey, and uh, knowing that Monarch is, is, is one of the, the leading providers of EMS in New York and in New Jersey, mm -hmm. I kind of want to get your views on, on key areas of the report. I mean, the report's about almost 200 pages, right. so it's a little long to go into every, every aspect of it, but I did want to get your, your view on it. And it's, I just also, it's important to note that a lot of the, the comments and, and recommendations in the report kind of reflect EMS as a whole uh, nationwide. I mean, they actually base the report on other states, um, on their operations, like Connecticut, Delaware, Ohio, uh, Virginia. So, I just kind of want to get get your you know your views on that. Sure. And uh, one of the primary topics that I noted uh, in the report was was uh, the area of reimbursement, especially when it comes to uh, to Medicare. Right. And um, there is an increase in paid BLS services in New Jersey, and I, I, it seems that that's making it more difficult for MICU agencies like Monarch to receive uh, reimbursement, and I'm wondering what you think uh, paramedics are going to do to survive in the long run if this Medicare payout 
uh, continues to favor uh, a transport agency like the B like a paid BLS rather than let's say the level of, of care that gets received in the field. Well, uh, the sad story is that there's nothing unless the system changes in some fashion in New Jersey that the paramedic uh, programs can do uh, to to improve the reimbursement situation. Uh, New Jersey is uh, all states are unique as we know in how they design their EMS right. systems. Uh, New Jersey's system uh, it was designed in an era back in the uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, when the BLS component of EMS was provided predominantly by volunteer agencies. In New Jersey, those volunteer agencies were and continue to be to this day exempt from any kind of uh, regulation or licensure. Uh, therefore, they cannot bill Medicare because uh, Medicare requirements, as I'm sure you know, uh, mandate that the uh, state agency, i.e., in this case, the state health department, would have to license an agency. So volunteers cannot bill in New Jersey, um, and uh, therefore the system for paramedics was structured such that all of the Medicare revenue would flow to the paramedic units and programs. That began to um, become a problem in uh, 1996 and forward as the volunteers began to erode. Uh, more and more volunteer agencies were replaced by paid services. Those paid services are licensed. They do bill Medicare. And now New Jersey began to be faced with the problem that the Medicare dollar had to be shared between the BLS agencies and the MICU agencies. Because New Jersey structured its paramedic program with uh, based on, on solely reimbursement from third party, i.e. insurance companies, Medicare, Medicaid, there are no tax subsidies. There's no funding at all from uh, local government, county government, state government, and that has not changed. So today, and, and uh, including the fee schedule of 2002, which dramatically reduced the reimbursement rates in New Jersey by almost uh, 50%, uh, we are faced with a situation where paramedic units are left at the end of the day with less than $100 uh, per paramedic call when we uh, go to a scene with a paid BLS agency. Now, you can't survive on that. Uh, between sure. a third to 50% of all patients that paramedics treat in New Jersey are Medicare uh, beneficiaries. So when a third to half of your clientele is paying you $100 a call, uh, it becomes uh, virtually impossible uh, to fund the system. As you know, New Jersey's MICU programs by law are hospital-based. It's a certificate of need uh, state, and the MICU programs are certificate of need. So all the MICU programs are associated with uh, hospitals. Hospitals in New Jersey are undergoing a tremendous crisis. Uh, in the last decade, well over uh, 15 hospitals uh, have closed in New Jersey. Uh, we are facing a catastrophic meltdown of the health care system. A report recently released by the governor's health care rationalization commission identified the fact that not only is it bad, it will get worse. Uh, and so since MICUs are essentially operated and funded by hospitals, uh, we see that the hospitals can't even keep themselves alive. So they are shedding the paramedic programs. Monarch um, has grown as a result of that. We, we've added uh, and acquired uh, five other paramedic programs in New Jersey over the last four to five years. We did that because those programs were financially failing. We were able to pick them up. Uh, it increased our economy of scale on a temporary basis, and we were able to keep our head above water. But even Monarch then suffered a financial meltdown in uh, 2006, and we were forced to curtail operating hours of some paramedic units and shut down other paramedic units altogether around the state. And we're the single largest provider. We provide almost 25% of all the paramedic services in the state. So we are in we are in a uh, catastrophe. The system is collapsing. There's no doubt about it. The, the study clearly sta says that in several places. 
they've recognized that the funding mechanism of the MSU program uh, is uh, is uh, uh, completely eroded, uh, and the hospitals cannot sustain it any longer. New Jersey is one of the highest tax states in the country now, we all know. Uh, nobody wants to add new taxes to fund the paramedic system. So, you know, we're in a bit of a, a catastrophe. We, I don't, unless there's some significant major change, we all know in New Jersey that uh, the MICU programs will begin to go bankrupt um, uh, this year uh, and going into the future in the next several years. Uh, and it, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how these things are going to get covered. My guess is um, other paramedic programs and Monarch will do what, what Monarch had to do, and that is begin to curtail uh, operating units that are less productive. Uh, these are units that serve the rural, more rural areas of New Jersey, um, and in many cases, the units that serve the poor and the indigent in the inner cities, where you can't get uh, adequate reimbursement even from insurance companies because these people aren't covered. And you'll begin to see more and more uh, of the programs shut down existing units. What we've already seen, aside from Monarch having to curtail units, is paramedic programs in New Jersey in the last decade refusing to put up additional paramedic units that are clearly necessary. The state statistics uh, that, that we look at uh, every year show that over uh, 14,000 requests a year in New Jersey for paramedic units go unanswered because there are insufficient number of paramedic units uh, wow. in New Jersey. 14,000 a year. Um, and, and that's because paramedic programs in New Jersey don't have the financial wherewithal to put up additional units. Uh, you know, some programs are worse than others. Some programs uh, operate as much as 10 to 15 percent uh, unavailable rate, what we call unavailable rate. That's the number of requests that come in when they do not have a paramedic unit to send. 10 to 15 percent of the requests they don't have an, <laughs> a unit available for. I mean, it's it's uh, staggering. And uh, so we've already seen the meltdown begin to occur in the sense that units are not paramedic programs are not putting up necessary units. And then, of course, in 2006, Monarch had to curtail some of its units because of the funding crisis. So it is upon us. Uh, there is no uh, resolution that's been offered uh, that anyone will accept. There's nothing pending in the state legislature. Uh, and uh, even the study does not indicate specific answers to that question. Yeah, I, I did notice a study also I mentioned uh, you were talking about you know, being able to survive as an MICU uh, project and they, they talk about how there's it, it, 16, six to seventeen percent below uh, break-even points is what, what most MICU projects are, are operating at. Right. And like you said, it is kind of it, it is unacceptable to you know to expect these these uh, organizations to operate you know at, you know so sure. much below what their what their reimbursement level should be. Um, the report did mention uh, uh, about uh, maybe a possible solution would be, would be having counties or the municipalities collect all the Medicare payments, and right. then, you know, having MICU projects reimbursed using uh, the collected funds from the right. Medicare. And I'm wondering, if do you think that this is maybe a possible solution, or, or would that even maybe fracture the system more by having the, the counties, like, you know, be like the, the go-between the mediator and, and, and dispersing that, those fundings? Well, as, as, as it was presented in the report, um, it, it, you can't do it that way. It's not legal to do it that way. Um, the, the concept that they presented in the report was that, you know, a county in New Jersey would simply bill on behalf of all of the providers of EMS in that county, would collect all the money, and then would dole it out. That's not how it works. Uh, you can't bill Medicare that way. Um, in fact, you can't bill insurance companies that way. The provider... Uh, is the one that has to bill. Now, a provider can contract with a billing company to bill for them. 
Um, but each of those individual providers, each individual EMS agency, each individual BLS squad and, and MISU program would have to be licensed, would have to be its own provider, would have to generate the patient chart, uh, and the money is due to them. You can't commingle the funds into a general treasury, if you will, uh, at the county level and have the county distribute it. It's just simply not legal. Um, it, it, it's not permitted by the current billing rules and regulations at the federal level or at the state level. So as presented, it's not legal to do it that way. Uh, to make it uh, possible, uh, the county would have to become the provider, uh, and the county would have to get a license to provide EMS, and the county uh, would, in theory, it could then subcontract out components of its operation to other entities, and there would have to be extensive legal and operating agreements between the county and these individual providers, and, and um, we're not even sure uh, here at Monarch, when we've looked at it legally, whether that would suffice uh, on behalf of, uh, of uh, Medicare billing rules. So it's very um, confusing. Uh, it, it's a nice thought to say, hey, we'll just have the county bill, collect all the money, and then dole it out to who needs it. But unfortunately, it's not that simple. And one of the complicating factors is um, that the BLS agencies, uh, many BLS agencies in New Jersey remain to be volunteer. And as I mentioned at the outset, in New Jersey, they're exempt from regulation and licensure, uh, so they cannot bill. So there's a legal uh a problem. If the county were to bill Medicare on behalf of an entity that was not permitted to bill Medicare, that would be Medicare fraud. So the county would not be able to bill in any capacity for volunteer agencies that weren't licensed. So you're back to the fact that one of the other recommendations in the report is that the volunteers should become regulated and licensed, which of course is not something that they're very happy about. So the whole concept that they presented about county billing is, um, as presented, number one, is not legal. Uh, so it would need a huge amount of manipulation and massaging uh, to try to make it legal, uh, and then you would still be faced with uh, the problem with the volunteers not being regulated or licensed. Uh, so it, it's um, far from a solution. Uh, it would require a lot of work uh, and a lot of agreements between many agencies and the county, uh, and our, our understanding is the county would have to become licensed as a provider itself. And I don't know how you do that when you have no assets. You have no ambulance and no, no personnel. Right. Um, I, 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 under New Jersey law, you can't get licensed <clears throat> that way. And if you can't get licensed by New Jersey, Medicare won't license you. Well, I, it's, I, I definitely think that the uh, reimbursement uh, structure is going to definitely have to be looked at a lot more closely. And I think there's going to have to be some, some definite uh, solutions uh, to come up with. Because sure. Like you, you're, the way you're speaking, it does seem that there is a major issue and is going to wind up eventually affecting uh, the delivery of EMS services. Um, you, did men you did mention about uh, the volunteers, and mm -hmm. the one thing I noted in the report, uh, and uh, this is something I, I noticed in a lot of the uh, EMS forums and, and uh, magazine articles and all, and they talk about how uh, volunteers are becoming fewer and fewer in EMS. And yes. in New Jersey in particular, the report had mentioned how there's only a response of about 60% in New Jersey uh, in 2004, and it does appear that maybe the, the paid BLS response is becoming uh, you know, more, more prevalent in, in New Jersey. And I know a lot of, a lot of uh, areas have been putting out paid BLS responses. I'm wondering if you think that New Jersey should really be moving in the direction of a paid BLS, or should they try to figure out some, some way to kind of salvage the New Jersey EMS volunteers uh, before they go 100% paid uh, across the state? Well, it's an interesting question because um, the first uh, answer I would say is that we need to support the volunteers in New Jersey as much as possible, and that 
is strictly an answer based on the way that the uh, monies flow right now for Medicare. Uh, because the the more volunteers there are, i.e., the less paid services, then the less the paramedic programs have to uh, share the revenue from Medicare. So uh, more volunteers mean a more financially viable paramedic program in New Jersey, the way New Jersey is currently structured. So from a purely financial standpoint, uh, the way to keep uh, this erosion of finances from the paramedic uh, system from occurring is to have more volunteers and less paid services. With that said, uh, another uh, answer to the question would be uh, that the volunteers um, uh, uh, may need to be uh, overhauled. Uh, they're unlicensed, unregulated. Uh, therefore, quality of service is a huge question. They're accountable to no one but themselves. They self-police. Uh, and uh, they have their own trade uh, association called the New Jersey State First Aid Council, but that council itself admits that there are over 100 first aid squads in New Jersey that are not even members of that council. So no one, including the council, is even monitoring these these 100 first aid, 100 plus first aid squads. So there's a very real question about whether the volunteers are um, doing a good job or not. Uh, are they getting out at 3 o'clock in the morning? Of course they are, and we love them for that. Uh, but the question is, do you want uh, you know, an untrained, unregulated person that has no oversight coming to your house at 2 o'clock in the morning for your heart attack, uh, questioning what kind of equipment they have and what kind of skills they have? This is a serious question that's existed in New Jersey forever, and it continues to exist. So some people in the state say the way to answer that problem is to simply do away with volunteers and make all BLS in New Jersey career. So there's an argument to be made on a patient care level that if the volunteers continue to refuse to be regulated and to have any oversight about the quality of care they provide or the equipment they use or the licensure of, of their staff, if they continue down that line, then the answer will be, well, then put you out of existence and you need uh, everybody needs to go paid. But we come back to the funding problem. Unless you're going to fix the, the Medicare funding problem in New Jersey that exists with the paramedic programs, um, then going full paid just worsens uh, that erosion of financial support for the paramedic program. So the answer to your question, in short, is um, I love volunteers. From my Because I run a paramedic program in New Jersey, I love volunteers, and I want them to stay here, and I want less paid services. But from a quality of uh, patient care standpoint, the volunteers either need to get themselves regulated and, and agree to do that, or they need to go away and have paid services step in, because at least the paid services are licensed and, and regulated. But see, that hurts the paramedic side of the house. Right. Well, I did notice in the report, too, they had mentioned uh, a big part of the, talking about the volunteers, about how they, they suggest that they should, they should be 100% uh, EMT uh, qualified uh, on each uh, volunteer unit that, that responds to calls. Right. Um, uh, the, the also the uh, the other thing I noticed that was very interesting in, in the report that it, it has suggested and 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 mentioned about uh, not just in New Jersey but uh, nationwide a lot of areas run a one paramedic one EMT type response right. unit and in New Jersey report suggested that maybe going to that might increase uh, you know availability of units uh, you know yeah. by splitting up medics and whatever and uh, the consensus in the report also that New Jersey does does provide superior ALS care. Right. And my question is, if if you think that making if your your opinion on making a medic EMT response might lessen that perception of providing superior care, or do you think that the perception of of having superior care kind of strengthens the argument for having a single uh, MICU staffing type uh, response model? 
I think that um, that the structure of New Jersey, um, with its paramedic program, leaving the finances out, is the best in the country because it has several components in place. The first is that it is hospital-based. I am a proponent and firmly believe in the fact that this is medical care we're providing. It should be governed and operated by people who are medical experts. I do not believe that paramedics should be operated by fire departments and police departments and the like because they're not hospitals. And I firmly believe in the third service medical concept of of EMS and in particular paramedicine because uh, we're doing very advanced medical things in the field now. These are uh, treatments that that, uh, 10 years ago and 20 years ago would only occur in an emergency department by a physician. And we have we have lay people out there doing it now. So, the fact that we're hospital based uh, is key to the quality of ALS that we provide in New Jersey. Uh, B, the fact that we continue to have a mandate for online medical command. Yes, we have our standing orders and our radio failure protocols, but we still have a mandate that after we go through that regimen, we must. Uh, attain medical command with a live board-certified emergency physician at a MICU medical command site who uh, takes over control of that patient uh, during uh, final treatment and transport. I think that's a key. The fact that we are regionalized, uh, that we cover 100% of the state with paramedic units, and if we can solve the problem of finances, we won't have you know a huge unavailable uh, rate. But the, the bottom line is, if you call 911 in New Jersey, there is at least a paramedic unit that is designated on paper to respond to you, and and that's critical. So those three things are are vital. The the fourth thing is that the paramedic, the level of paramedic training in New Jersey is um, very high. Uh, it takes well over two years for a paramedic to go through the regimen, and these are people that are working very hard uh, through their didactic and their clinical. And <clears throat> we know it's higher than other states because when paramedics come into New Jersey and they have a certification from another state, there is not automatic reciprocity because all, many other programs in the country do not have the same number of hours and, and clinical skill hours and testing level that New Jersey paramedics do. So. Um, this may sound self-serving, but I believe paramedics in New Jersey are among the most highly trained and best certified in the in the country. Now, with that said, I do not think that we need to have two paramedics on every paramedic unit. I think it's overkill, and I actually think that it works um, against us uh, in that it, it allows each individual paramedic to have less patient skill contact um, uh, numbers. And we all know that what we're doing now with these intubations and these chest decompressions and and some of these more exotic skills, rapid sequence intubation and so forth, you need to practice your psychomotor skills and you need to practice these things. It's like a trauma center. Why is every hospital not a trauma center? Because you need the volume of those critical cases coming in with a limited number of medical personnel to continue to practice their skills. I do not think we need two paramedics on every paramedic unit in New Jersey. And one of the main reasons I say that is I'm old enough and I've been around long enough to know why we created two paramedics on on, uh, paramedic units in New Jersey. It was not because we thought the um, uh, level of criticalness of the patient required two ALS-trained people. It was because we had an unregulated volunteer BLS community. And many uh, in those days, in the late 70s, early 80s, many times when the paramedic units responded out, the BLS people we were working with were not EMTs, were not even EMTs. Some of them only had American Red Cross advanced first aid training. That was it. Some didn't even have CPR. So we really needed two um, well-trained 
clinicians in the field to handle BLS and ALS. That's why we had and mandated two paramedics in the beginning in New Jersey. Uh, so I do not think we need two paramedics. I think if we went to the one paramedic and one EMT model in New Jersey, which is the predominant model around the country, by the way, then I think we could save money. We could immediately increase our uh, pool of available paramedics, uh, and we would, be, we would be able to operate additional paramedic units and paramedic unit hours. Even under the existing uh, failing financial model we have, we could still put additional units up because the units would be less costly. So I think we have the best paramedic program because of several components, but not because we have two paramedics on, on uh, every unit. Mm. I like you just mentioned too. Uh, pretty much most of the country does run uh, a one medic, one EMT type response. Right. And I, I know speaking to a lot of paramedics, uh, most of them prefer to be on on a unit with with another paramedic. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the the main thing reason why they say that is not that they're not comfortable with their skills or, or their right. their level of training. I think it's more they they're concerned to be, respond to high level emergencies like cardiac arrest and mm-hmm. unconscious patients and all. And most uh, most areas of the country, when they have the one medic, one EMT, they also have a response of a municipal-based type thing or or a backup type response where there is a, let's say, a non-transporting paramedic that comes sure. to assist a, a, a transporting uh, medic. And sure. do you think that in New Jersey there's going to be some type of a uh, you know some type of, of a way for local counties that will be able to provide that, or will they, will they have the capabilities to provide that? that non-transporting paramedic with, let's say, the police department or, or fire department type uh, system, or will Monarch be able to itself, let's say, if Monarch does, does that type of thing, goes to a one medic, one EMT uh, unit, will they be able to provide that type of uh, assistance in those high-level emergencies, which I think is what the main right. concern people have when you, when you, you know, go from two to one. Sure, uh, there, the, and response. you're absolutely right. There are probably about 3% of the cases, maybe as much as 5% of the cases in some jurisdictions where... Um, it is better for the patient clearly to have two uh, individuals trained to the advanced life support level because you need to do so much so quickly. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't debate that. I think that's absolutely correct. But I do think that for the 95% of the other patients, uh, one ALS-trained uh, clinician is more than adequate. Uh, and this is all assuming that we're operating in a system where you have other hands at the scene. You have EMTs at the scene. You have first responders from police departments at the scene who know hand- how to handle the BLS support uh, components. And it's also based on what we believe here at Monarch, and that is that it, it would be a paramedic and EMT who is uh, more highly trained than a normal EMT. We call them paramedic assistants in New Jersey. We have a course where we take a uh, paramedic and we up-train them to learn how to deal with, you know, running the IV uh, bag through and, and these kinds of things. So it takes a lot of the uh, necessary like skills. leads on and things like Correct. that. And, okay. Correct. And that leaves the paramedic to do the purely advanced life support skills. But in more direct answer to your question, Yes, there will be times when even two ALS-skilled people are, are needed, but in a regional system like we have in New Jersey, and Monarch could, uh, uh, actually already does do this, we have field supervisors who are paramedics uh, riding solo in the field in their, in their supervisor unit with a full regiment and outfit of ALS equipment, and they routinely respond to uh, very bad incidences, MCIs or, or what sounds like a very bad case, you know, a, a man down CPR in progress kind of thing, and that's your second paramedic coming into the scene. Are they a few more minutes out than the, than the regional paramedic unit? Yes, but that's okay because the regional paramedic unit arrives and what are you going to do? ABC, you're going to get your tube in, those kinds of things. The second paramedic supervisor is arriving right behind him. <clears throat> now, further answer to your question, 
uh, would it make sense for towns and, and municipalities to have paramedics? My answer is no, uh, and the reason is uh, skill decay. I go back to the concept that you start putting paramedics on engine companies in New Jersey and, and in police department squad cars. These are people that will rarely see uh, the need to exercise their skills, uh, and uh, in short order they will uh, not be competent enough uh, to be relied upon as that second paramedic. I would prefer to see uh, well-trained EMTs that are experienced and then up-trained to do some of these other uh, skills that could support the paramedic. I think they could sustain their skill level because the skills are not as exotic as ALS services, uh, and it would certainly take a load off of the paramedics. So I'm in favor of one medic, one EMT, where the EMT is up-trained on paramedic units, regional uh, paramedic supervisors coming in to back up, uh, paramedic units uh, that need the additional assistance and uptrained EMTs on the local engine companies and uh, and squad cars. Mm. Well, I definitely, and I also think too, uh, as far as a municipal or a county level, is that a lot of them I don't think are really aware of of a commitment to provide like quality ALS service, like you had said, as far as the erosion of the care from not right. being exposed to the the calls, you know, all the time. And right. I think that's something that needs to be looked into, uh, you know, also before approving that that type of a, of a backup. I agree. System. Um, Absolutely. I did have a whole list of questions I wanted to get to. I mean, we, mm -hmm. I'm running a little short on time, but there are a few things I want to get to uh, sure. before we run out here. And I wanted to see what you might think can be some short-term changes that might improve the delivery of EMS and, and also maybe help with the improvement of, of MICU uh, reimbursement levels. And I'm thinking, I'm just wondering what you might think might be some short-term uh, goals that we can shoot for, that you can shoot for, that might improve that? Well, I think that in, in uh, New Jersey right now, uh, two things that can be done very quickly. Uh, they are not without controversy, but they are uh, quick changes, and they would immediately uh, ease the financial burden on the paramedic system. The first is the one medic, one EMT crew complement. Uh, I think that could be done uh, literally overnight uh, by the Commissioner of Health and a new regulation put into that form. And it could be that uh, it, it, it is a minimum standard so that paramedic programs that perhaps are a little bit more wealthy today and don't want to do that or need time to transition, fine, uh, they can continue with two paramedics. But that would immediately ease um, a cost of the paramedic uh, per unit uh, operation. Second is... Uh, permission for MSUs uh, in New Jersey to transport, specifically allowing paramedic units in New Jersey to transport Medicare patients. Now, the downside is that in paid BLS regions, uh, the paid BLS services will oppose that because it's, it represents loss of revenue to them. However, I go back to my original uh, comments that the paramedic system in New Jersey was structured so that all that uh, Medicare revenue would come to the paramedic programs, and it is really the introduction of paid BLS services that has siphoned revenue away from the MICU programs in New Jersey, causing this uh, uh, financial problem. So if MICUs in New Jersey were permitted uh, and as a routine allowed to transport Medicare patients at least, uh, then we immediately keep all of the revenue uh, and the BLS agencies' paid services would not have access to that revenue anymore. Those two changes could be done immediately and would um, uh, immediately change the financial picture and allow the state to take more time to look at the uh, other structure changes that need to be made. Uh, now, as far as the one EMT and one medic uh, thing, I know short term you're talking about that could probably be done overnight. Yes. Um, would that entail those units responding to BLS and, and ALS uh, uh, 911 calls, or would they still just be responding to, to ALS calls? No, just or? ALS calls as it is now. 
Okay. Um, and and uh, you know we would continue to uh, uh, be dispatched under the uh, existing protocols, which is. But they would be able to transport if yeah. needed. Okay, I gotcha. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about and like what about as far as like long term goals? Do you see anything that that can be started now mm-hmm. that would maybe be thought you know for like a long term goal to improve things, something that can be started now so that it can have a quicker effect down the road. Well, I do think there are two things that, that if they started work on now or tried to implement now, uh, may not have an uh, excellent effect on day one, but would eventually improve things dramatically. The first is the requirement that all providers be licensed. This is, of course, aimed at the volunteers uh, do away with the exemption where, they're, where they don't have to be licensed and there's no outside oversight. Uh, they should be licensed. We changed the law. Uh, we give them a grace period uh, to get themselves in order so that they can pass licensure exams and so forth. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I think, number one, uh, if we implemented licensure of all providers, i.e. the volunteers, uh, in the long run, we will improve patient care and improve the structure in New Jersey. Um, and uh, I think the second, uh, which, is, which is a very significant issue, uh, is that um, municipalities in the state of New Jersey be mandated to ensure the provision of EMS. Uh, they are not uh, required to do that today. No one in New Jersey is required to provide EMS. Uh, we are required to provide fire and police, but not EMS. And it, and I don't mean that the municipalities actually provide, uh, be mandated to actually provide the service. They they only be mandated to ensure that it is provided in their town. So if that's passed, uh, the towns could immediately contract with the volunteers and contract with the regional paramedic programs or whatever to make sure it's provided. And then over time, the towns could work on improving, uh, you know, the the um, level of those services. And I think the third thing that uh, could be done is that the state immediately research and establish um, benchmarks, um, operational um, goals, and outcomes uh, criteria, so that uh, uh, we get away from the way it is done in New Jersey right now, which is. Uh, this, the health department regulates how many four by fours we have, and you know uh, how many reserve vehicles we have. They should be regulating and mandating our fractal response times. They should be regulating those kinds of things, outcome uh, requirements, and leave it up to the individual regions to determine how they're going to uh, attain that. Uh, but the work needs to start now to research nationally what are appropriate benchmarks to put in place, appropriate goals and, and, and requirements to have, and to begin to phase those in. Those three things started today would improve the system dramatically over time. Okay. Well, Vince, I, I, like I said, I had a lot of questions I had sure. listed that I wanted to ask you, and, and unfortunately I, I am short on time. And, mm-hmm. I, um, but I do, I do want to uh, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. You're I quite think welcome. you, I think you really made some some really good points, and mm-hmm. I think the New Jersey study is one of those more positive steps that's been taken in a while that actually looks to, to improve EMS as a whole, not just focus on one or two, you know, aspects of a system in any given state. Um, I hope Monarch continues to lead EMS in New Jersey and and uh, maybe can strengthen the profession as a whole nationwide by you know maybe other other areas to follow. Uh, what Monarch does uh, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, before we go, though, I'm, like I said, it's short of time, but I, I do want to give you 
uh, a, a chance if, if you have anything that's going on or any closing comments uh, that, that's going on with Monarch, any recent projects that Monarch's involved in that you might want any of the listeners uh, to know about? Sure. Our, our major new project now is we're developing through our clinical uh, education department and our IT department an overarching uh, research project which uh, we will make available publicly on our uh, website, which will pull together uh, all different kinds of demographic data and, and all uh, EMS data that's out there about New Jersey. So uh, individuals who want to do their own research or look at New Jersey will be able to come to our website. There will be a special portal that they can go to, and we will continue to build and add to that, uh, that uh, segment of our website. And my hope is that that will allow a common uh, data set of information to be out there. We all know research is lacking uh, terribly for EMS in the country. We intend to use what research we've done and what research we will do in the future to place on this portal and just make it available to, to everybody. So that's our large project. We think it will take about two years, but we're initiating it now. And I appreciate the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if we want to ask more questions and have an, uh, another interview, I'm certainly available for that. Yeah, I think that would be great. Maybe we could schedule a time and maybe cover some of the things that uh, we weren't able to get to today. Uh, well, thanks again, Vince. Uh, I really hope you have a great day, and I really appreciate the time. Thank um, you very much. Okay, have a great one. It's great talking right. to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was another uh, audio session from uh, EMS Solutions. Uh, keep in mind that we have a lot of great free and, and, and low-cost options for EMS uh, study and training at ems-safety.com. Uh, I do want to mention also that uh, this uh, session was sponsored by fieldmedics.com, and fieldmedics.com is a uh, EMS uh, community-based forum. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, you know, interactive um, topics in the forums, and I, I encourage uh, listeners to go to that website and join and, and take part in some of the conversations that go on there. Um, and that's it for today, and uh, I hope you join us again for another audio session shortly in the future. Hopefully within another week or so, we'll get another audio session online for you. And uh, until then, as always, stay safe.